Welcome to the NRSNG podcast, where we bring you helpful tips and stories to help you navigate nursing school and become a great nurse. NRSNG is the best place to learn nursing and created by your host, John Haas, RN. What's up, guys? My name is Nicole Weaver. I am the curriculum director for NRSNG. And I want to talk to you guys today about understanding the difference between hypertonic and hypotonic solutions. Now, I've been a nurse for 10 years, uh, mostly ICU and emergency, and that means I've given a lot of these types of fluids. I've also been an educator for five years, and I've taught a lot of students in a lot of different settings. So what I will tell you is that this topic is one that students really struggle with. But if I can tell you the truth, even experienced nurses really struggle to understand and explain the difference between hypertonic and hypotonic solutions. So just know that no matter where you are in your nursing journey, if you're struggling with this topic, you are not alone. So the first thing I want to review uh, is just some major concepts involved, which is diffusion and osmosis. So remember that diffusion is the movement of particles or stuff across a semi-permeable membrane according to a concentration gradient. So if you have a lot of stuff on one side, then that stuff's going to tend to move back across to the other side. Now, the other concept is osmosis. And osmosis is actually the movement of water or fluid across that semi-permeable membrane. Now, this also goes with a concentration gradient. When there's more water on one side, the water tends to move towards the other side. So really, every substance tends to move where from where it's high to where it's low. So substances go from high to low, water goes from high to low. So the reason I wanted to review this is because the primary concept involved when we're talking about these hypertonic and hypotonic solutions is actually osmosis. So when we start to look at what happens in the body when we give these fluids, we're looking at the movement of water or fluids specifically. So that's why we evaluate these things with a lab value called osmolarity, right? So it's osmosis related. So as I go through these fluid types and how they affect the body, remember that what we're looking at is the movement of water, not the movement of the stuff, okay? So uh, there's three types of IV solutions in this category. There's hypotonic, there's isotonic, and there's hypertonic. So whenever we talk about tonic or tonicity, we're actually referring to how much stuff or particles is in the fluid, is dissolved in there. Specifically, we're actually comparing that fluid solution to our own blood plasma. So we're saying there's either less stuff, the same amount of stuff, or more stuff in that solution as compared to in blood plasma. So the normal osmolarity of blood is about eh, 275 to 300 milliosmoles per liter, somewhere around there. Um, and we generally consider any fluid with an osmolarity of about eh, 270 to 300 to be isotonic. So that means it has a very similar amount of stuff compared to blood plasma. And when I say stuff, I'm talking electrolytes and other, you know, sodium chloride, potassium particles dissolved in the fluid. And so being isotonic means it has a really similar amount of stuff compared to blood plasma. So because it's so similar, we actually don't see a lot of fluid movement. 
So the general understanding is that if you have an isotonic solution, you're not going to see any kind of fluid shifts. So the purpose of these fluids, these isotonic fluids, is simply to add more volume into the bloodstream without actually affecting the cells and tissues at all. So good examples of isotonic solutions would be things like normal saline or lactated ringers. So one question I get asked all the time is, how do you know the difference or uh, what, what are the different situations when we would give NS versus LR? So the biggest difference between these two is that LR tends to have more electrolytes in it, like potassium, calcium, lactate, whereas NS is just sodium chloride and water. So the most common reason you're actually going to see LR used is if you have whole blood loss, like in a trauma, like if somebody's bleeding out, because you're losing all those electrolytes with the blood as well. Whereas if you're just losing fluids through things like vomiting or diarrhea, replacing with just normal saline is perfectly acceptable. So that's isotonic. Isotonic means it has similar amounts of stuff dissolved in it as compared to blood plasma, and it's not going to cause any fluid shifts. So now let's compare hypotonic with hypertonic. So as you've probably guessed, a solution that is hypotonic has less stuff dissolved in it compared to the blood plasma. Hypo means less. So now remember, with the blood in the bloodstream as it is, the body's at equilibrium, right? I'm not constantly doing fluid shifts if my blood is in normal state. So if I add a fluid into my bloodstream that has less stuff in it, then it's overall going to dilute my bloodstream, right? So that means that all of the tissues and cells are now reacting to that hyper tonic state, that diluted state. So if my bloodstream is now more dilute compared to the tissues and cells, where is there more water or more fluid? Well, if my bloodstream is more diluted, then there's more fluid in the bloodstream compared to everywhere else, right? So again, when we look at the impact of these solutions, we're looking at osmosis or the movement of fluids and fluids move from high fluid to low fluid. So if the fluid is higher in the bloodstream now because I've added this hypotonic solution, then the fluid's going to shift out of the bloodstream away from that high uh, amount of fluid and into the cells and tissues. So you're going to see the cells swell. Now, the most common example of hypotonic solutions would be like half normal saline or D5W. Now, let's think about this. Why would we want to cause the cells to swell? We wouldn't really want to do that, would we? So when and why do we actually give these types of fluids? We're not trying to cause cellular swelling. So what if my cells are super dehydrated? What if my cells actually need the fluid? This would be a great time to give this type of solution, right? So that's why when we have a patient with something like DKA or HHNS or HHNK, they experience profound cellular dehydration. So we tend to give these hypotonic solutions like half NS or a lot of times after we've gotten their sugar down, but we still need to give them insulin, we'll give them um, like a D5 solution. So we'll give them D5 half NS. So it's more hypotonic um, because the patient's going to use up that sugar and then you're left with that hypotonic solution. And that can help counteract that cellular dehydration 
cellular dehydration that's so profound in things like DKA or HHNK. And so that's a great example of why we would actually give a hypotonic solution. Remember, we're not really trying to swell up the cells. We're actually trying to fix the problem and bring the cells back to normal. So we would give these hypotonic solutions intentionally to actually force the fluids into the cells, out of the bloodstream, and, you know, balance out that fluid balance again. So conversely, let's talk about hypertonic solutions. Opposite to hypotonic, hypertonic solutions have more stuff in them than the blood plasma. Hyper, higher, more. So instead of diluting the bloodstream, they're actually going to make the bloodstream more concentrated than it was before. So if the bloodstream's more concentrated, then now where is there more water or more fluid? Well, this time there's actually more fluid out in the tissues and the cells, right? Because the bloodstream's more concentrated. So now the fluid is actually going to want to come into the bloodstream and out of the cells. So the cells are actually going to shrink or shrivel up because they're losing their fluid. So the best examples here of hypertonic solutions would be like a 3% saline uh, or even D10W. So again, would we ever really want to shrivel up our cells? No, of course not. So what situations would we use this for? Well, what if my cells were already super swollen and I wanted to try to shrink them back down to normal, right? So the best example of when we give hypertonic solutions is in cerebral edema. So you have this all this swelling in the brain cells and you're trying to decrease that swelling in the cells. So you give a hypertonic solution like 3% saline to help pull the extra fluid out of the cells and allow the body to get rid of it naturally through the kidneys, assuming the patient's kidneys are working. So that's why we would give a hypertonic. We concentrate the blood. We force that fluid out of the cells, out of the tissues, into the bloodstream um, so that we can excrete it and fix the swelling that's going on. So one big thing that you need to understand here with both hypo and hypertonic solutions is neither one should be given too quickly or in too high of a volume because you can always push things too far. You can always overswell the cells and cause cellular lysis. You can always overshrink them um, and cause such profound cellular dehydration that you cause problems, right? So we always want to be really cautious in how fast and how much of these extreme um, hypo and hypertonic solutions we're giving. Um, and then another quick note, hypertonic solutions, especially things like 3% saline, should always be given in a central line whenever possible because they're really, really caustic to the veins. Um, and again, they just cause this rapid fluid shift. So we got to be really careful. So that's it, guys. Just remember, hypotonic has less stuff, so the blood becomes more dilute and the fluid shifts out of the bloodstream and into the cells, so the cells will swell. And hypertonic solutions have more stuff, the bloodstream becomes more concentrated, and the fluid shifts into the bloodstream and out of the cells, and the cells will shrink. Now, my, my favorite memory device that I've actually heard about this um, is to think hypo like hippo, like a big fat hippo or hippopotamus, so the cells get all swollen, and then think hyper like someone's super hyperactive, and they work out a lot, so they get super skinny, so the cells will shrink. So it's one thing you guys can use to help remember what happens to our cells with these different types of solutions. But honestly, I really wanted to explain kind of the physiology of it, because I think it's really important 
to understand what's actually happening. Again, remember, we're looking at osmosis and the movement of fluid. So I hope that was super helpful for you guys. If you need more review, you can go to nrsng.com, make a free account and check out the lessons inside the fluid and electrolytes course. We talk in detail about these fluid shifts and the different types of IV solutions. Um, so all those different lessons can help you out a lot if you need more review. Plus, obviously, there's visuals and things like that that hopefully will be really helpful. All right. We love you guys. We believe in you. We know you can do this. You're going to be the IV solutions expert now. Like I said, even experienced nurses struggle with this. So now you're going to impress all your friends and all your coworkers. Now, like we always say here at NRSNG, go out and be your best self today. And as always, happy nursing. Thank you for tuning in to another NRSNG podcast episode. Make sure to head on over to www.nrsng.com and create your free account to see why we're the fastest growing nurse education platform. Happy nursing. Thank you.